This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. My guest now is Reverend John Atkinson. Remember the Anglican Church? He is the South Africa's Director of Church's Ministry Among the Jewish People. Reverend Atkinson is well-versed in the Old Testament and has been running educational tours to Israel since 1992. In light of an article that appeared recently in the Daily Maverick, which I'll elaborate on in a short while, I asked him to help navigate through modern Christian theology and its relationship to Israel. Reverend Atkinson, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me and uh, greetings to the listeners. Reverend, um, there was an article that appeared in the Daily Maverick by Tony Belcom. And yes. the article compares theological beliefs of the, the late Archbishop was Desmond Tutu with those held by the former Chief Justice Mohueng Mohueng. I found the article interesting from the perspective that it seemingly pitted Christian theology against Christian theology and that this was based on the views towards Israel. And I think the article upset me for two reasons. It was the first time I'd seen religious doctrines attack another religious doctrine in mainstream media in South Africa. And two, because the essence of it seemed to be about the views on Israel. And I wonder if you could help maybe contextualize those two concerns that I have. Well, yes, I mean, these these differences have been around since uh, the time of, of the New Testament. So um, they're not new. What uh, Tony Balcom in his opinion piece does is he presents a supersessionist view, which is simply that uh, God has finished with Israel. The Christians have taken over. There's no promises. Uh, you know, the Abrahamic promise, which was eternal, uh, according to God himself, is not eternal. It's, it's cancelled. And, uh, of course, that supersessionist view is the basis of centuries of persecution of Jews in Europe, culminating, of course, in the Holocaust. And sadly, it continues to this day. Happily, in the Christian church, there is a huge reaction against supersessionism, particularly Hebrew scripture scholars or Old Testament scholars have questioned uh, whether or not this view of uh, um, the church superseding Israel is in fact biblical at all. And many have drawn the conclusion that it's not. So what you see here is the the, the for and against supersessionism. So we're not talking about religious revisionism. No, we're talking, uh, yeah, that's something else. The, we're talking about what sometimes is known as replacement theology. In terms of the attack against the strain of religion that Mohueng um, Mohueng practices, and he calls it, I think, Christian Zionism. Part of the problem with his opinion piece is that he misrepresents Desmond Tutu. He misrepresents uh, Mohueng Mohueng. He uh, misrepresents Christian Zionism. In, in that sense, I think that in, in all three instances, he breaks the ninth commandment. There has been very little response that I've seen publicly to his article. Did it upset anybody other than me? Well, I think anybody who has any real understanding of scripture would question the things that he was saying. Anybody who has an academic background would question the straw man argument method that he uses. You know, you set something up, you misrepresent it, and then you knock it down. Um, it's not, uh, uh, it shows, very little academic integrity. 
And uh, I think anybody reading that opinion piece would probably have moved on fairly quickly, which is, you know, thank God, which is uh, why there hasn't been great response. So people are just ignoring it and can see through it. And um... I don't think they can see through it necessarily unless they're theologically trained or unless they are very sensitive to uh, the anti-Semitism that parades itself as anti-Zionism. Well, I think that's, as I said, the second thing that worried me is, you know, apart from attacking former Chief Justice Mohueng, the ultimate aim of that article was to distance Christians from Israel or, or to distance Jews from Israel. Yes, absolutely. And, to, and basically it was, you know, using Mohueng to actually get at Israel and, and Jews. Yes, I think it was a misuse of um, what should have been a tribute to the good things that uh, Archbishop Tutu did during his ministry. It was really a distraction and I think a, a rather poor attempt at opportunism, if you like, at taking the Archbishop's demise and using that as a way, a stick to beat Israel, which no doubt will win him some friends in in uh, quarters where he already has friends. Will it influence people who aren't already friends and don't have the ability or academic knowledge to to question it. I hope not. It's one of the reasons why I responded to it, um, not in the Daily Maverick, but uh, um, I responded to it in other forums that I'm part of. I think those of us who are involved in the Jewish community, have friends in the Jewish community, are very sensitive to the the problem of anti-Semitism in the Christian world. It's real. It's a blight on us, which we really have to be very vigilant about posing. And uh, so I think that a lot of people, it won't even occur to them that this may be connected to a, a negative view of Jewish people and a negative view of, of Israel, which is not based on political criticism, which, of course, Israelis are the most critical people of their own government in the world, but rather on a deep underlying prejudice against Jewish people. Reverend Atkinson, can we talk a little bit about revisionism, religious re- revisionism, and to what extent it is getting more mainstream? Okay, well, uh, revisionism is a very broad term. Uh, in terms of Israel, I think that... Uh, one of the theologies that Desmond Tutu espoused, liberation theology, has really poisoned the well uh, in terms of the church's attitude towards Israel. It's bound up with supersessionism, as I was saying before, that, you know, the promises, uh, you know, God gave the promises to the Christians and the curses to the Jews. That was basically the, the underlying uh, um, teaching. And uh, so what has happened is that this liberation theology focuses on a kind of intersectionality where the poor are always the good and the rich are always the bad. Um, and uh, having worked amongst poor people, um, I can assure you that they're not all good. And having worked amongst rich people, they're not all good either. So it's a false dichotomy that is created. And in fact, Balkan does it in his uh, opinion piece where he, he, he basically portrays Israel as the rich and Palestinians as the poor. And, uh, you know, God is on the side of the poor, which is a, a really such a childish argument because uh, the truth of the matter is that Hamas, the Palestinian terrorist organization, is the second wealthiest terrorist organization in the world. And the leaders of the Palestinians are multimillionaires. 
So they're not poor. They may have all sorts of other problems, but they're not poor. And uh, so uh, consequently, uh, revisionism, uh, basically in this particular aspect of it, basically uses intersectionality to divide. And there's an organization in, in Israel um, called Sabil, which has promoted this and poisoned the Anglican church. Christianity is a broad church of many different forms of theology. Oh, goodness, yes. The, the difference, let me explain this. The difference between uh, Judaism, rabbinic Judaism, and Christianity is that in rabbinic Judaism, you'll have some very hot debates and then people will go out for a coffee together afterwards. In Christianity, you have very hot debates, just as hot, but they don't go out to coffee afterwards. So to what extent in those debates is Israel a focal point? And to what extent is it a divisive? Well, I think that uh, what has happened is that the anti-Israel crowd has tried to introduce Israel into every discussion. And in the same way as, you know, the Palestinians hijack every protest that takes place. I mean, I was interested to note the, that they were at the uh, um, climate change uh, conference in, in uh, Scotland. And, uh, you know, they've been burning tires on the Gaza border for years now, creating huge uh, toxic uh, smoke. It is a kind of hijacking of every opportunity um, in order to make your, your position known. And they do that in Christian debate. So if there is competition, if I can be so crude as to say that, between the different churches, would bashing Israel give you an advantage in attracting people or disadvantage? I don't think it gives you any advantage at all. I, I think, first of all, to discriminate against people on the basis of their nationality or the basis of their, their faith actually is a complete contradiction of the Christian message. And so, you know, if you if you live a contradiction of your faith, you actually destroy yourself. And it's not surprising that the liberal churches that have taken these particular uh, positions are the churches that are empty, closing their doors, can't find enough ministers to to look after congregations. So this is a, a very self-destructive position that they've taken. And I think the church is paying the price for it. Reverend Atkinson, you talk about the anti-Israel crowd. I think what was was that the expression you used? It was such yeah. a lovely expression. <laughs> Do the pro-Israel crowd know that the Jewish community are really kind of appreciative of what they do? Or do you feel you work in isolation? I do feel I work in a bit of isolation, but but I must say, just as the, you said earlier that the you know, church is, is a broad church, Christian Zionists are a broad church as well. There are Christian Zionists who, who, who are not thinking people, who would be completely uncritical of the uh, Israeli government, no matter what it does, which of course is what uh, Balcom claims. So he, he takes an extreme group and then paints the very broad brushstroke of, of every Christian Zionist doesn't care about Palestinians. It's absolute nonsense. I think people are, uh, you know, as I say, a broad church. I would certainly say that, that for myself, I'm in the middle. I'm often critical of Israeli policies, as many of my Israeli friends are, and I'm often supportive. But I will not get into anything that looks remotely like prejudice against either group, Palestinians or Israelis. And by the way, that's the position that most of the Israelis I know, and I know many Israelis, 
That's the position they take too. I, th- I think we have to conclude because we have mm-hmm. run out of time. But I, I would like to say that please do know that um, the Jewish community, and I really do think I speak on behalf of them at, to, to some extent, are appreciative. We may not have necessarily those open relationships that we should be having. But we are, we know the amazing work that you do within your churches and we are truly appreciative of your friendship when it's needed. And, um, and yeah, just thank you very much. Thank you. Well, it, it's very much a two way street. I have been greatly blessed by the uh, friendships and uh, study that I've done in the Jewish community. And uh, so uh, we will continue. And just also to conclude by saying thank you very much for highlighting that article. As I said, it really upset me, but I couldn't actually understand why. And I think you've helped navigate that. And um, please continue to do the work that you do. We will. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much. That was Reverend John Atkinson who is the South African director of the Anglican Church's ministry among the Jewish people.